0: next guest is Larry Sharp, a native New Yorker, Marine Corps veteran, entrepreneur, and owner of the Neo Sage Group. He also happens to be a 2020 Libertarian Party vice presidential candidate. Larry was the very first guest on the podcast I previously co-hosted, Fox & Klein, in March of last year, and the discussion we had made me look at a ton of things in a very different way. In 2016, Larry was a vice presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party, losing narrowly to Massachusetts Governor Bill Weld, and he also ran for Governor of New York in 2018 against Andrew Cuomo. And this Episode Larry and I discussed the Libertarian Party, libertarianism in general, the response to the coronavirus, the violation of citizens' rights. And Larry's an extremely bright guy with innumerable yet attainable solutions to so many of our everyday issues. Check out Larry all over social media, he's on Facebook at sharp. For the number four gov, or just look for Larry Sharp, Libertarian for VP, Twitter at Larry Sharp. There's an E at the end of Sharp. And check out his podcast, The Sharp Way. It's available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you do your podcasting. Check out his website, LarrySharp.com, or his campaign's website. This is GraySharp2020.com, G-R-A-Y-S-H-A-R-P-E, 2020.com. Whether you're blue, red, or gold, or just don't know anymore, give this a listen and enjoy.
1: All right, next up, my guest is Larry Sharp, the 2020 Libertarian candidate, Libertarian Party vice presidential candidate. Uh, coming on the show, this is actually the second time I'm with him. He was on Fox and Klein March of last year, which was awesome. You can find Larry on Twitter, at Larry Sharp, sharp with an E at the end, Instagram, Larry.sharp, also Facebook. Larry, thanks so much for coming on and uh, talking about these crazy times and your candidacy.
2: Of course, don't forget that's Larry Sharp with an E, and the E stands for electable.
1: Oh, all right. Well, there. Let's just get right down to it. Um, you're running for the vice presidential, um, uh, for the Libertarian Party uh, as a candidate. Right now, when it comes to, like the Libertarian Party, it seems that everyone only knows one name, and I may be it may have been one of those. Other than yourself, is Justin Amash. Where does he stand in uh, like when it comes to like Libertarians, since he's like a former Republican and is kind of being like changing parties and whatnot. No, I think it's, a, it's, it's absolutely true. I mean, he
2: came in, and months ago, I was saying, you know, I'll take anybody in. A lot of libertarians got upset with me about that, right? When I was saying, Amash can come in, bring Tulsi Gabbard in, back yep. when um, Howard Schultz saying... was running. Yeah, I was saying, bring them all in. And the reason why I was saying it was, I want them to bring press. I actually was teasing and saying that, you know, the Libertarian Party should be a very special kind of party, not BYOB, but BYOP. Bring your own press, you can come on in. And Justin has done that. right? There's no doubt. He came in, and he is in the press, and he is in the polls, and you know he's doing exactly what I wanted him to do. Now, some people don't like it. They get mad and go, well, look what he's doing. He's taking over everything. And look, if he's bringing press to our party, then now it's our time to take advantage of that press and to show how cool and awesome we are. I would rather have the press with Justin Amash, whether you agree with him or not – then not have the press, because now we have an option. If, if you don't like Hamas and you think someone else is better, well, you know what? He's getting press now. Now's your chance to show the world that your guy or your gal is better. So I'm right. very happy he's in. I'm glad he's in. Um, I wish
1: they, more would come in.
2: He's getting us the press that we need.
1: Absolutely. And to, for me, uh, personally, I mean, this is only – I voted in 2012 and in 2016, both for Barack Obama. Um, 2020, I'm leaning towards – uh, Trump just because of what the Democratic Party has become. So hold on. You, you leaned you, – you voted for Barack Obama in 2016? Yes, sir. Oh, no, 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 o, That o, had been tough. O, 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 08 and 12, o, 08 and 12. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Yep, it had been tough. O,
1: 08 and 12, and then in 16, I I sat out. I was more of a Bernie fan. Um, I was naive now that I've been older and more well-informed. Yep. But this is the first one, even though it's only my third presidential election to paying attention, it's really the first time that there's a lot of attention on, hey, we really do have to pay attention to the libertarian yep. candidate because, yep. you know, So many people are uh, just, you know, we'll say half and half, you know, so many people are dissatisfied with Trump and so many people are dissatisfied with A, the Democratic Party or B, Joe Biden in particular, that... Having that fresh, new something libertarian, you know, can get a, give everybody you know that that separate option. What do you say to those people that say like a vote for libertarian is you know a vote for Trump or a throwaway voter, you know, something like that?
2: I I love it. I get those all the time. This is amazing. A couple of things that I want to bring up here. You're you're completely right. There are a lot of people who are unhappy with both the left and the right. And if you're someone who's who's listening and you you know you love Democrats or you think Biden or is great. You're not going to change. I got it. Good for you. If if that's where your head is, awesome. If your guy who says Trump is the greatest thing in the world, you love him, that's awesome. You know what? Go where you want to go. But if you're not sure or you're unhappy or you're part of literally the 90 million people who didn't vote in 2016, we have an option for you. And the idea that a third party can't win is only because you don't vote for a third party. Again, right. 90 million people didn't vote. In 2016, if all of them voted for the Libertarian Party, well, guess what? That's the victory. So Absolutely. without question, you, a third party can win if people stop believing they can't. Now, if you go, wait a minute, people aren't going to do that, Larry, you're right. That's not how the world works. Okay. I, I get what you're saying. Then your argument is, well, if I vote for a third party, then I'm giving it to someone else. Right. There are two assumptions there. Number one, that your vote belongs to someone else. And if you feel that way, shame on you. You should not feel that way. Your vote belongs only to you, Absolutely. and you give it to whomever you want to give it to. If you want to give it to anybody, some people stay home, right? So well,
1: twenty sixteen, I could have gone you the way. I could have voted Democrat, and that's the way I've gone my entire life. But it was a, for me, it was a principle. There we go. So some people are going to feel that way, but not just that. At what point do you stop telling
2: your masters enough? Right. At what point do you make an impact to where people go? holy crap, we don't have to do this anymore. And it can work. If you look at what's happening, no matter what your left or right paradigm might be, has our country been getting better in the past 40 years? And almost everyone will say no. Okay, great. If you say yes, then please keep voting the way you've been voting. No worries. If it's going the way you want it to go, you're in good company. Keep voting that way. I'm talking to people who are saying, no, it's getting worse. Well, over the past 40 years, both Democrats and Republicans have, have owned the presidency, the Congress, and the Supreme Court at different times and all together. And no matter what combination of permutations you put together, it's gotten worse. At what point do you stop saying, thank you, sir, may I have another? At one point do you go, I'm done with this. Right. He, if, if you, you might say, well, Larry, I'm wasting my vote because what if Justin Amash, what if Judge Jim Gray, what if whomever wins, right? What if that person – only gets 10% of the vote, and that's it. And then whatever, Biden or uh, Trump wins. You just forced both parties to pay attention. Yep, That's what you just did. That is not a wasted vote. That's a smart, savvy vote. If you fall back into the vote blue no matter who or Trump to stop socialism, if you fall into that, then what you're saying is I'm a slave to you and don't change anything and keep beating me. And in, in fact, what actually happens is your vote doesn't count. If right. you vote red or blue, your vote doesn't count. And I'll go specifically, even more detailed. Unless you live in about five or six states, your states go another color no matter what you do. I live in New York State. My states go in blue. If I vote red or blue, I've thrown my vote in the garbage because my states going blue. But if I vote gold, if I get five, ten. 15% gold in New York State, I've changed how the Democrats look at my state because I'm a blue state. Right. I'm in Oklahoma. It's going red. But if you Oklahoma gets 10%, 15% gold, it changes how the Republicans act. The other party has to actually be a better party if there's a third party to check them. The only vote that actually
1: matters is the Libertarian vote. And I and I think that's a really intriguing way to look at it because everyone obviously just thinks okay, red or blue, Democrat, Republican. They don't even think of a third party. If they think of a third party, they say you know it's going to be a long shot or whatnot. Someone like you know uh, there was talk of people wanting Andrew Yang and like you mentioned Tulsi Gabbard. Sure, absolutely. um, Which which I think would have been great, you know, independent runs. But these days, with so much of the country just saying okay, Republican, okay, Democrat, how does it you know? How do you appeal to those people just by just saying, okay, you're, you don't want to throw your vote away. Come join us. Here's what we're about. What is like your main – actually, let's get to your campaign you know, in, – how it pertains to your campaign with Judge Jim Gray. How does your campaign reach out to people and say, okay, here's how you change your ways, and here's what the Libertarian Party is about?
0: It's how
2: I've been
1: changing my hearts
2: and minds in New York State. As, as some of your listeners may know, I ran for governor of New York State in 2018, yeah. and my party in 2014 when it ran – Only got about 14,000 votes out of an 18 million person state. Nothing. Didn't even get a percent. Nothing. I ran. I got 100,000 votes. Big difference. I made impact. Now people talk about it. Now we're an actual party. Now we have ballot access. We went from literally no libertarians in the state to 103 in one year. Wow. Wow. Yes, huge change. Things are different now. What does that mean? Is New York State all of a sudden magically better? Of course not. Nothing's going to magically get better. But what just happened is now there are 100 people at the local level who think differently about government. And You might go, Larry, well, does that really matter? I'm going to give you an actual modern-day example of how that matters. Sweden. Sweden took a libertarian approach dealing with COVID, dealing with this horrible virus. They took a libertarian model of doing it. Are they having deaths? Yes, they are. So is every country. Are they having deaths a little bit higher than their local uh, country around them? A little bit higher, but not much. And they had a bigger problem with – they made an error in not uh, being good enough with dealing with their, um, their elderly homes. That was an error on their part. But in general, their economy hasn't shut down. They're not having a horrible backlash. They took a libertarian uh, view to it. We have worse deaths in New York State, and we took a hardline view. In today's world, today, the crisis that's happening, a libertarian outlook, meaning – and so we're clear on this – it is expressing all of the same issues, concerns, guidelines, rules and regulations, but on a voluntary basis with heavy, heavy, heavy information being pushed to the local people. And what you get is the same, if not better, outcome voluntarily. People will choose to do the right thing anyway. Will some be jerks? Yes, but those will be jerks anyway. We're still arresting people in New York and giving them $5 fines. It's a $5 fine in New York State uh, New York State for doing the wrong thing, and people still do it. So some people are going to be jerks no matter what you do. That is unstoppable. But can you allow most people to be free and do the right thing? Yes. Sweden is actually having a better outcome than we're having with a more libertarian style of act, of, of uh, response. And if I can get even just 10-15% of the politicians in our country in our state to become more freedom-leaning, liberty-leaning, voluntary, life is going to get better. Literally, we're going to save lives.
1: And I, and I think your message, and we, we spoke about this the last time you were on when you were running for uh, governor of New York, that you just needed, you said you the same exact, you know, you had the same exact uh, verbiage and whatnot, the message of hey, if we get 100,000 people, that's 100,000 people that have changed their minds, that, yes. that are now looking at things differently. And I remember looking that night at the results. I was disappointed that you didn't win, obviously, because I had John, on, you know, not too uh, far from that, from the election, excuse me. But, um, you know, seeing that you had more than, you know, I think you and I had spoken about, you know, X amount of number of votes, seeing that 100,000 people had changed their minds, to me, that showed me, that okay, in such a blue stronghold like New York, there's something changing. Now, how do, you, how do you and Judge Jim Gray, how do you guys spread that across the entire nation, especially right now? And kind of like my question is, how difficult is it running this campaign? It's kind of, you know, rhetorical. Absolutely. Yeah, how no. difficult is it running this campaign with the lockdown, you know, quote unquote lockdown yep. and the virus? I mean, it's got to be incredibly frustrating, you know?
2: Well, it is. And
1: th- but there is one advantage
2: that we have as libertarians compared to the other two parties. And that is we were already kicked out of mainstream media. So social media was our only way of uh, of, of communicating anyway.
1: Very so, points. You, you've been
2: doing those video town halls. Bingo! I've been doing videos. I've yep. been doing this stuff for four years. So, in, in case you had noticed, I jumped right onto my podcast. I jumped right onto everything immediately. Yeah. I I didn't skip a beat. Why? Because I was already doing it. Now I just have more time. So so yeah. so, now, so I can actually spend more time Doing the stuff I've already been doing So the advantage we have is that Shifting into a social media world For libertarians is relatively easy So that part is good The hard part for us though is How do we raise enough money across the country As a general rule to be forward with you We don't What we do is instead We focus on key states Making impact in key states While doing things like Virtual town halls um, church meetings, um, VFW meetings, almost all virtually. When we open up, hopefully we'll open up in July or August, I hope. We'll be able to travel and do, uh, do a bunch of those, too. We'll use, obviously, social distancing, but hopefully we'll be able to travel then. We'll do a bunch of that. And while we're out doing that, I mean, we'll hopefully move a couple of states. If we even win one gold state, turn one state gold every single time they show that map, there will be one gold state sitting there, and that one gold state sitting in that map, people go, oh, that's right. That's Libertarians. That will help every down-ballot candidate for the next four years. Absolutely. That, that will help everyone else locally who's trying to make impact in the local community. It will make all of those just a whole lot better. And again, the reality of it is if you start making impact locally as Libertarian – Eventually, you'll move up the chain, right? You'll start at your city council, whatever the case may be. You'll go to your, your, your county level. You'll go to your state level. Before you know it, you know, you're know you hanging out in the Congress. And that yeah. might be two years. That might be 10
1: years. doesn't matter. And this is a question for me, Larry, personally. For me, um, as I've evolved and gotten older and taken more of an interest in politics and whatnot, my views have shifted to more, more of now what would be a conservative-leaning type thing. For me, my motto is, Live and let live. Let me do me. Just don't bother me. Don't break any laws. And you do you. I'm not going to bother you. Is that a simple way to say what well, libertarianism without getting into it, or is that just something I, I that, would
2: – no, no. I think that's very good. I would say uh, even simpler, not don't tread on me. Don't tread on anyone. Okay. <laughs> don't tread on anybody, not me, not you. Right. If you remember when I was crossing the state, I spent a lot of time talking about you know issues that don't affect me. Things like people who want to vape. I'm not a vaper. It's not what I do. But if you want to vape, you have the right to vape if you want to vape. If you don't want to vape, don't vape. I don't really, it's not my issue. I don't vape. It's not my thing. But there are people who they use vaping to stop other bad habits that they feel are worse. Who am I to say they're right or wrong? The only person to say that is them. They can decide if they think vaping is better than their current bad habit or not. They decide, not me. Why is the government stepping in? I, I supported people who wanted to have their Second Amendment rights. I don't own a firearm. But yeah. why would I stop somebody else? If that's what you want, if that's the way you choose to protect yourself or to run your life, good for you. That's right. your this choice, not this mine. America. That's correct. Yes, it is your option. So I choose a lot of things. That's why I always say don't turn anybody because you know, there's going to be a time when I want something. And I'm hoping people will go, you know what? That Larry Sharp guy supported
1: me when I wanted my stuff. I'm going to go support him now when he wants his stuff. <laughs>
2: that's what I'm hoping,
1: right? Hey, that's all you need, you know, just one, one at a time. Yeah. Uh, we're sticking with, sticking with Larry Sharp. He is the 2020 Libertarian Party vice presidential candidate with Judge uh, Jim Gray. You can catch him on Twitter, Larry Sharp. Uh, Instagram, Larry.Sharp. The E, like he said, for electability at the end of Sharp. And uh, you can actually catch uh, Larry's podcast, The Sharp Way. Larry's yep. everywhere you can get your podcast. I thought it's on Apple Podcast. Um, you know what?
2: I'm not sure if it's on Apple. I think it is. My team puts that together. I, I'm ignorant. Oh, yeah, Sorry. Yeah. So
1: I have it up on Apple. I'll, I'll share the podcast and whatnot. And uh, anywhere you can try to find it, everyone, it's, it's called The Sharp Way. Uh, Larry's just, you know, incredibly insightful. It's, it's like this: 100 miles an hour at all times, and it's great. Um, now let's get to uh, the coronavirus if uh, if we can, Larry. Uh, being there in New York and having run against uh, Governor Cuomo before, obviously you uh, you know know of his you know decisions in the past and now um, absolutely obviously from for me here in Arizona and as a former New Yorker, I'm looking at New York just being because that's you know my former home, but also from over here seeing what's going on big picture wise. What is it like in New York as a citizen? A and someone that you know, what what is your trust level in you know Cuomo and the response? What is your overall you know take on everything?
2: No the 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 issue here is it has shown what a literal police state New York City and New York state is. Yeah. The horrible part is um that
1: people accepted this simply easily quickly. That's what that's what scares me most about this is that everyone, you know, they said stay home for 2 weeks then it was 3 days, I mean 3 weeks then it was 4 weeks then it was 6 weeks then it's like But worse
2: that- is you found, you know, a government literally saying What is essential and what is non-essential? Again, how dare a governor tell me or you or anybody that they are non-essential? Essential is what you decide, right? That's what it is. If you had a job that pays your bills, that feeds your family, that's essential. That's the most essential thing in your life. Yes, that's essential by default. I don't care what some governor says, and I know what the answer is, but then people will die. Okay. I get that concept completely. But if you believe that you might die if you go out and and meet people, then please stay home. Right. No one's forcing you to go out. No one's forcing you to go to work. No one's forcing you to go to school. Stay home if you believe that you are in danger. Please protect yourself. Of course. And why don't we instead have guidelines for people? You know, do your six feet, use your masks, wear your gloves. The vast majority of people, vast, will do it. How do I know that? Look at Sweden. It's working. It will happen. Most will do it anyway. Right? So the the worst part is the idea that we would just accept it is horrible. And now, literally, you see cops every three, four blocks here in New York City just waiting to give you a $5 ticket. They've now done what they do. I cannot
1: imagine being in the city right now. To me, seeing it from this far, it's kind of like it's… it's it's actually unbelievable. And, you know, my father just retired out here to Arizona uh, last year from New York City. He's in New York City his whole life. And he, you know, he's out here now. And he's like, John, I cannot imagine what I'd be like if I had to walk outside and there's cops standing there. And unless I'm going to work, I'm getting a ticket. He goes, I literally can't imagine that that's happening right now. And it is. It's, 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 it's incredibly scary. And the thing that bothers me also with the whole, all right, do we come off lockdown and open the economy? My personal opinion, everyone – I think we can all agree, death is that. We can all agree on the on, on nobody dying is okay. It's a terrible thing. No, it's, I don't even agree with that. No. And
2: the reason why I say that is both of my parents died of cancer. Both took son, a long yes. time to pass. And my father died he was younger. And when my father uh passed, and when he was when he was dying of cancer, and if you know anyone who's who's who suffered through cancer, it's very rarely a quick death. It's often a very long uh either either you survive but it's still a long process, all long process, and you die at the end. My father and mother both died at the end of their process. My father, when he passed, he wanted to live. He was all about quantity of life. He was like, "Cut me open. I don't care. Do operations. Do what you gotta do. I want to live. Give me drugs. Give me anything. Chemotherapy. I want to live." And he, and that was what he wanted. When my mother passed, she was a bit older. And she was like, No, I don't want quantity of life. I want quality of life. I want to take my granddaughter to the park. And she was on chemotherapy, so her immune system was compromised. She was wearing a mask. This was years ago, but prior to, prior to COVID. And she would take my daughter out to an amusement park anyway. And she was like, If I die, okay. I want to spend time with my grandkids. If that means I die, I'm okay with that. And you know what? Both answers are correct because Absolutely. you own your life. And if you want to do things that may challenge your mortality because that's what makes you want to live right, go on with your bad self. And if you want to live in your basement because you're afraid of everything, also fine. You know, I have people in my life who are over 80. One is my mother-in-law and one is my, my godfather who both of them are over 80. They have immune uh, – their immune system are compromised, so I don't physically go visit them. I talk to them still. I send them stuff. I have a car in New York City, so I drive and I drop off stuff for them here or there. But I don't physically go in. I, I, I mask up, I glove up, and I drop them off, and I leave because I care about them, I love them, and I don't want them to die. I get that completely, and we should all do that. But Absolutely. if they were to say, Larry, I don't want to live in my house the next two years. I want to walk out, and I want to go out and gamble, and I want to do this. I would support them. It's their life.
1: It's their life, not mine. Right. And just going back, it wasn't, you know, just it was more just the generalization of, okay, we can agree that death is bad, you know, just one innocent life that's lost or lost is terrible. For me, mm-hmm. what bothers me about the discussion of reopening the economy is I feel like the government, and it's not that I feel, I, they make us feel stupid. They talk to us like we're stupid. And what I mean by that is why do they think that they say, okay, economy's open on March 15th? Do they think that everyone's just gonna rush right into Denny's and Applebee's and the movie theaters? <laughs> like that like we're smarter than that. So to me, they don't give us any any benefit of hey, they know they don't they look at us like we know what's best for them. We're gonna tell them that. And it's very apparent right now. I mean, Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan is just like yeah, it's unbelievable what they're doing there. And, you know, for me it's they don't give us any responsibility of, okay, we're gonna open up, please be responsible. Every not every man for himself, but hey, everyone's still going to be wearing masks for a while. Everyone's going to be taking precautions. For I know, for me, I'm not going to rush right back to the movie theater. I want to be able to go see my parents. Absolutely, so, you know, yes. So for me, it's, it's it's insanely frustrating that it's not just the talk of okay, you know, what's the reason that you want to open? I want to be open because we can go back to normal with this going on and still not be scared for our lives. Well, that's the most
2: important piece at at the end of all of this. The most important piece here is. We have to be ready for the next one. Right. This isn't the last virus that's going to hit us, and sadly, it's not the worst. What this one probably has a less than one percent fatality rate, right? What happens when you hit one that has a ten percent? Something massive like that. How are we going to survive? What are we going to do? We have to have protocols in place now. Let's learn from this. One of the reasons why South Korea did so well. It's because they had SARS and bird flu before, and they learned how to deal with this without having to shut their entire economy down, right? They learned. So when it came over, they jumped right into the appropriate protocols. They jumped into protocols immediately so they could handle this. We cannot stop everyone from passing away when viruses pop up. We can't. But can we make it as few as possible? Of course we can. But we have to know what to do. We can't just wait for government to tell us. We should jump into protocols immediately, and right. we haven't done that. We've just waited for government to tell us what to do. We've got to figure out how to survive in this environment. Look, I was a marine for seven years, and I was a marine in the '80s, back when we were still at a Soviet Union, and we were worried about you know a my, chemical yeah, attacks. My,
1: my uncle was in the Marines in the '80s too.
2: There we go. So you know, we were about chemical attacks and biological attacks, and we were taught how to survive in a contaminated battlefield. We were taught how to deal with that, that kind of environment. You know, you get decontaminated, you go back onto the field. The war doesn't end because the battlefield is contaminated or horrible or destroyed. It doesn't matter. They tell us here, well, we're at war, we're at war. Well, then why are we surrendering? We've got to get out there and still work during this time. How are we going to find out? In other words, how, does, how can a restaurant exist in this kind of environment? If we don't come up with protocols and work on it now and let people who own restaurants try to find the right answers, how will we ever? And here's the worst part of all of that, even though there will be, there will be another um, virus, of course. But what happens if our enemies figure this out? Right. All they have to do is set out a virus and it will destroy our economy and crush us in a couple of years. If I'm, whatever, Iran or China or Russia or insert bad guy, whatever I am, I'm not going to try to get nuclear weapons. That's dangerous and stupid. Right. Instead, way cheaper and easier to get is some some viral biological weapon. I'll give you know the of my population the vaccine, so most of them will survive, um, and then I release the, back, the 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 virus, and I destroy the United States in freaking two
1: years. Right. I mean, we can't let this be the answer, but and we time. have. And, and to me, it's just so unsustainable, and, and I'm glad that some states are taking the. Uh, necessary steps, at least going through some phases. We're starting to open up some things down here in Arizona, um, starting on Friday, um, salons, uh, a few restaurants with uh, lower-than-usual capacity. But, um, you know, let's jump into your campaign I wish we spent some more time on it, um, you know, but I, I got all the time in the world right now. Again, Larry Sharp, the 2020 Libertarian Party Vice-Presidential Candidate. You can find his policies and all that, LarrySharp.com, or graysharp Com. That's G-R-A-Y-S-H-A-R-P-E, 2020.com. Larry. I need – I am am politically homeless. Why should I vote for you and Judge Jim Gray? I'll,
2: I'll tell you exactly why because when you vote libertarian, what you're saying is several things. Number one, you're saying you can be as liberal or as conservative as you want to be. Just don't force your views on others. The only way we can bring this country together is by having that mindset of don't tread on anyone. That's the only way. Voluntarily getting culture to shift, voluntarily getting people to want to be part of this. Look, is, is Biden going to bring this country together? Of course not. Is Trump? Of course not. Neither of them is going to bring this country together. At the end of 2020, with our economy crashing, with people who are dying from our COVID virus, whether Trump wins or loses, half of our country is going to believe the president is illegitimate. We are going to be more divided and more angry and more prone for violence than ever since the Civil War. The only way of fixing this is the liberty movement. Either we win or we do well enough to people like you and others who feel like, what the hell am I doing? They come to us, and we absorb them. Because the number one issue with libertarians are we don't want to use violence to solve our problems, to include government violence. That's why.
1: Absolutely. And like, what, what would be your – other than uh, you, know, you have a place for that, your biggest message or, like, your biggest uh, policy, you know, you and Judge Judge Gray, what is that, like, main thing? Like, for example, you know, Andrew Yang was the UBI. Do you guys have a, you know, a signature, you know, type policy?
2: The, the goal is to allow more options other than government, right? Government mon- – monopoly is bad. Everybody would agree with that, right? Monopolies are bad. They're bad. Well, government's a monopoly, too. So how about instead allowing other non-governmental organizations – to do some of the same job. similar to uh, the post office and FedEx and UPS. Allow that for everything we can possibly allow it to so that the individual consumers can pick and choose. If individual consumers decide to pick and choose, things will get better. Things will change. Things will get cheaper. Taxes will get lower. We will be freer. The poor people will get better service, and wealthy people will stop having to try to push the government into doing whatever they say because that's the only monopoly. Absolutely now,
1: um I wanted to ask you this early, and i'm I'm actually very curious. I could've looked it up. But I wanted to statement for you. What are the qualifications that libertarians need to meet to be on the, the ballot is, it, is do you have to meet a certain threshold or whatnot, or is it you know tomorrow every is the state candidate? is different, every okay. state's different
2: um in New York State, because of my election, we've already won, so we will be on the ballot guaranteed. Oh, but cool. each state is different. The odds are we will be able to get on all 50 states again this year. We were on all 50 states in 2016. We'll probably get into all 50 in 2020. It looks like we're going to be get all 50 states. And then this year, probably not going to be a
1: convention, no? Or is there something that is being pushed it back? There probably like, like, will
2: be some type of convention. The question is, will it be electronic? Will it be a hybrid model where some people meet and some people don't? We'll figure it out.
1: Perfect. Hey, Larry Sharp, he is the 2020 Libertarian Vice Presidential Candidate. You can find all of this up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, website LarrySharp.com, and campaign's website, GraySharp2020.com. This will all be posted. Larry, thank you so much for coming on the show, and uh, good luck with the race. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, Larry.